Hi, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore, founder of foodtrucktraining.group. Today I'm going to talk about superpowers, and that's the superpowers that each and every one of us has. The first superpower is the power of questions. And what questions do is it changes your focus internally and externally if you're talking to employees. If you are looking at your inventory, looking at your profit and loss statement, and things aren't going the way you want it to go, and you go, man, my food cost is too high, your brain goes, yep, you're right, it is too high. That does not move you forward. But if you sit there looking at that profit and loss statement and going, how can I lower my food cost? Your brain is conditioned to answer questions. Your brain is conditioned to solve puzzles. So when you ask a question, your brain does a couple of things physiologically. Number one, it releases a serotonin and that creates a rush of energy. And that rush of energy, even though it's minute, it's not like adrenaline to where you feel superpowers, but it does create that rush of energy inside your brain to figure out the problem, to answer the question, to figure out the puzzle. It works on employees the exact same way. An employee is stuck doing something and they're not progressing, they're not being able to do what you need them to do. Instead of you saying, you must do better, you say, how can we do this better? How can you perform this particular part of your job better? What can we do to make things work more efficiently? And then the employee has now been granted the power because you asked them a question and they're starting to try to figure out how do we answer this question. It's that little burst of energy inside your brain. It's short-lived, so you need to act on it while the iron of your brain is still hot coming up with ideas. Some ideas will not be good ideas, but at least it's an idea. And sometimes a bad idea leads to an awesome idea because you entertained that suggestion. Even if you're sitting there going, I need to lower my food cost. How can I lower my food cost? And your brain goes, I don't know. We've been working on this for weeks. I want you to sit back, relax, and pretend like you need to advise somebody that's really important to you on that particular matter. How can we lower food costs for my best friend? And your brain will relax and you'll figure out an answer because we're all great at giving advice to other people. We're just not really good at heeding our own advice. So that's the power of questions. The next power we're going to talk about is the power of trust. We demonstrate trust in four ways. Competence, modus, fairness, and impact. So if you think about those four things, if you can combine them all, you've gained trust of your guests, of your employees, of your family, of your friends. But if you start to mess those up, those four different areas, you're chipping away at the trust until it eventually falls apart. So I'll give you an example. Confident, competence rather, is our ability to do something and we do it well, that we look at somebody and recognize they're competent. So when Uber came along all those years ago and they started offering rides to people that were less expensive than a taxi and often could get to them quicker than a taxi, everybody was excited because they were competent in what they were doing. So we check off the competence. Uber was competent in what they were doing. But as a brand, they started to do some things that got the public questioning a couple of things about them. Number one was there was an accident that involved a child a number of years ago. The particular driver was not actively taking a passenger. He was in between rides, as they call it in Uber speak. The family sued Uber, and Uber washed their hands of the situation and said, "Uh uh-uh, he's not our employee. He was not on an active ride. Not our problem. So from the public's standpoint, you have a child that is involved in an accident, and a big old company with lots of money doesn't care. So now their motives become questioned. Uber didn't care about the child. Uber didn't care about the driver that was helping them to create income. 
So now the motives of Uber are suspect. Uber also was involved in booking a whole bunch of rides and then canceling them, which tied up their competitor Lyft's drivers, which mean, meant in those particular cities, Lyft wasn't taking as many rides as Uber was taking. And when that came out, now Uber's fairness, how did it treat its own employees and how did it treat its competitors? But Uber decided that it didn't care about fairness. It didn't care about anything other than let's screw over a competitor. And we see that in our industry. People will place big orders and we're excited and then they cancel the order and, and they dispute the credit card charges. We see that enough to understand what Lyft was dealing with when thousands of rides were, were scheduled and then canceled. So from the public standpoint, Uber has now done two things wrong, but only one thing right. And then you get to the impact. How does this business impact the community? Well, if they're not worrying about people that are involved in accidents and they're trying to screw over a competitor, which means they're also hurting the, the economics of that particular competitor, you question their impact on the community. So keep those four things in mind whenever you're making decisions and you want to build those things up. You want to be competent. You want to have great motives. You want to be fair to everybody, even your competitors. And you want to make sure that your impact in your community is a positive impact. That's the power of trust. Now we're going to talk about the power of ask. There's an old saying that, that says if there's something to be gained by asking and nothing to lose by asking, you need to ask. And what that means is if it's nothing ventured, nothing gained. If there's no downside to it, you need to ask. And even if there is a, a potential downside, ask anyway. You need to know the answer to that question. Can I do something? Can I have your business? One of the biggest challenges that a salesperson faces is asking that question. Are you prepared to buy? Can we sign this deal? Can we close this deal? They spend all their time convincing a client that yes, this particular product or service is needed, but then they don't close it by asking, are you ready to do business? And it's sad, but a lot of us aren't really great at asking for what we want. We know what we want, but we're afraid to ask for it. And that comes from our childhood conditioning being told no too many times being rejected too many times. So we get afraid to even ask. If you're going to be successful in life, you gotta be willing to ask. And you keep asking for what you want until you get yes. We have all heard about Colonel Sanders. If you don't know his story, he was in his late 60s going out and selling his recipe for Southern Fried Chicken. And he was rejected time and time and time again because nobody wanted to deal with a guy that was dressed in a white suit and had a goatee and, and looked like he's 100 years old. They didn't think there was value in what he was trying to sell. But he took all the no's and moved on to the next one and asked, hey, would you like to try this great product I have? Because of his willingness to hear the no's, he eventually got to someone that said yes. And now there's well over 15,000 KFCs around the world. That's just from him saying, I have a great product. Would you like to try it? Would you like to sell it and make money yourself? He would ask the question. So I cannot stress the importance of asking for what you want. That's the only way you can reach your full potential is you go out and ask those questions. Again, going back to the power of questions. This is the power of ask. Do not be afraid to ask for what you need. Now let's talk about one more superpower we all have. 
and that's called the power of presence. And what I mean by that is it's super easy for us to slip into autopilot. We go through the habits of doing something, whether it's wrapping a sandwich or dressing a sandwich or doing prep work, and we do it out of habit. I even do that. Somebody orders a sandwich and they want it with no onions, and because I've made 10,000 sandwiches with onions, I put onions on it. Sometimes I catch my mistake, sometimes I don't. And it's super embarrassing when somebody comes back with that sandwich and says, hey, I ordered this, no onions, and all I can do is say, you're exactly right. I'm an idiot. I was not present in the moment when I was making your sandwich. My mind was not where it needed to be. We all have a job at some point in our lives where we go to work and the very first thing we think about instead of doing what we're supposed to be doing is, man, I wonder what my spouse is cooking for dinner tonight. Man, I forgot to set out that uh, pot roast. I'm going to have to order pizza tonight. We start thinking about everything else we need to do except what we're supposed to be doing at that moment. You need to be present at your job. And it's just as bad on the other side of that coin. You go home after a hard day at work. You have dinner with your family. And while you're sitting there at dinner, you're thinking about the things you did or did not get done at work. Oh, man, I've got to do that report tomorrow. I'm going to get in trouble if I don't get it done. Or you think about, did I turn the lights off? Did I lock the door? Did I lock the safe? You're not present at home, so you're cheating your family out of good quality time because your brain is not where it needs to be. You're not present where your body is. You need to be present at work, where your body is at work, and you need to focus on work. Do it 110%, and then when you get home, work is ended. You're 110% there with your family doing what means something to your family playing games, watching TV together, going to the movies, taking a walk together, having a, a joyful dinner, sitting around laughing, building a campfire. All those things you need to be present and enjoy them because at the end of your life, it's not going to matter to your family how many days you were at work and how successful you were at work. What's going to matter to them is what you did with them and how you spent that time. So be present when you're with your family and be present when your body's at work. Do your work. So be present wherever you are. Be mindful of what you're doing. That's the power of presence. I hope you guys are enjoying all of the podcasts. I'll be back next week with a whole new set of topics. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please consider hitting that support button. Every little bit does help. I've got links in the description to help you make that connection. We also have a Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. If you like being around positive people, we have the most positive group in all of Facebook. We don't allow any trolling and shenanigans. You'll love our group. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back next week.